so let, let's move on here and we're going to start talking more adolescence and, and we're, we'll kind of focus in, let's just call it junior high and high school. Okay. Um, so from 13, not 13, a little bit. So let's just call it 10, 11 up through 16, 17, 18. All right. A lot happens to a guy in from this age range. Definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have puberty starting to happen. You have clear gender differences happening. Again, of both maturity, you have social circles forming, you have cliques, you have groups, you you have educational differences, you have more athletics, and a person is starting to grow into their own and develop their own personality. For me personally, I think this is the crucial point in time to how this kid's going to be successful after high school. And the reason I say this, purely from an educational standpoint, is going to a private school through eighth grade. I spent all of grade school through there. And then going from that to a public high school was a culture shock. The difference in emotions, the difference in attitude, the respect, the uh, lack thereof. The social, sti- yeah, social stigmas. I was floored at how some of these kids behaved and how they acted. And I fully contribute my upbringing and what was what was taught to me through grade school set me up to be where I am at today. So let's start with that. From an, let's start with the educational aspect in turn for for boys at this age you're the teacher christian so you start us off you taught you said you taught fifth grade did you ever yep. teach a, a grade school higher than that did you ever get into grade yeah, school? i taught fifth grade i taught middle school and i taught high school so i've taught every okay. uh, level there so is. so give us a give us a rundown on your own opinion from a teaching standpoint uh of what do you think it here for in terms of, of masculinity upbringing boys let's hear it well you definitely Again, fifth grade's the pinnacle of a boy going from just a boy to girls. You know, we talked about girls being equal, you know, as they grow up. You start seeing that huge change come fifth grade. I always say, like, whenever I got fifth graders and we started the year, they always started off as fourth graders. And then come Christmas break, they were sixth graders. I really never had <laughs> fifth graders, you know. It's like puberty hits all of a sudden, like, during winter break. And then they come back and you're like, where were my nice angel fourth graders at? You know? <laughs> but you definitely see... You definitely early on see that battle for alpha, if that makes sense, in a classroom. You definitely see the social hierarchy growing, but also you definitely see edu- where education is important to the to the male to to the person. That becomes huge because anywhere from kindergarten to third grade, uh, well, kindergarten to second grade, that's not what we call testing years. So a lot of that's learning your motor skills, your basics, numbers, letters, adding, subtracting, multiplying, division. It's not as much critical thinking, if that makes sense. Now, once you get to third through fifth grade, there's a lot of critical thinking in that. We got a lot of state testing um, that we got going on. And that plays a huge part because now, like I used to always teach on a critical thinking basis. Like I want you to be thinking. I don't want you to just say yes or no. And you see a lot of boys... Critical thinking sometimes is really difficult for them. Um, 
because that maturity is not there yet. Girls grow, mature a lot faster. So I, I could see a lot of girls early on, um, critical thinking was a little easier to them. And, and I had in, in learning being a guy, being an older guy at that point, I, I don't want to say I had critical thinking down because obviously what I was learning that obviously I'm more mature than they are. And so it kind of baffled me at first. And I even had a discussion with some other teachers like, why are my boys not getting these higher ending questions? Um, and a lot of times they were just like, because they're not mature. <laughs> like it was just like a simple question. <laughs> yeah. They're not, not mature yet. But it, it, it was like a huge light bulb to me because, of course, like they're not mature yet. And obviously, a fifth grade girl isn't mature either, but they're bed, they're, you know, ahead in that cycle. Um, so pushing on to middle school, you definitely see boys trying to find their place in the world, I guess is the best place, the best way to put it. You see young men trying to figure out their worth and their position in their social hierarchy but also in their families as well. And you see a, a contrast in that sometimes with these young men. Um, and it's my job as a teacher to help them navigate that as much as possible, as much as it is to teach them history. So I think uh, education-wise, when we're talking about middle school, there's so many other things going on in a middle schooler's head that's not school. There's a lot of hormones going on. Like puberty is definitely a hundred percent in them. Like we used to always joke that the boys were looking for the girls and the girls were looking for the boys and none of them were looking for their homework. Right. <laughs> like it just wasn't <laughs> like they, they weren't worried about school. They were worried about each other, which you had to combat a lot because again, when you have people trying to find their place, a lot of times you, you find the wrong place first before you find the right place. If that makes sense. And that's why you see a lot of disciplinary action happen a lot in middle school because these young men are then trying to figure out. Now, all of a sudden, I'm three inches taller, right? My arms are longer. I look weird. Like, I got hair growing in places I haven't had before. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just a lot of changes. And then you throw them in a school aspect where you have, you know, six, seven hundred more students going through the same thing, but obviously they're not having an open dialogue about it. They're, so they're trying to find their way in society. And really, so I actually think we had it easier ne- than the kids do now when it comes to that social hierarchy. And I'll tell you simply why is because middle school sports was in a, a thing when I was in high school. That's a very easy way for somebody to find their worth or at least find that niche of friends that you can start to, you know, building up that position in your fans group. Does that make sense? So a lot, so what you're, you're saying they have it easier now than we did. No, no, no. We had it easier. Okay. Because you had a, huh? Go ahead. Explain. Uh, Because we had like sports in middle school, like like actual sports. They have sports now still. We don't. Oh. I mean, we have like we, we have we have like rec league sports, but that's different than actual school sports. We used to have school sports. Yeah, don't have what? middle school football and baseball. No, Mm-mm. they got rid of that in 08. Um What? Well, yeah. well, okay then. So let's just let's talk about this because I, I, almost, I know small town Georgia does because when I coached down there, y'all had it. But. I was about to say, yeah, we definitely so had we, 08 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Every middle school around me has some sort of sport. Yeah. Baseball, okay. football, track, soccer. Tennis. There's something. Interesting. There's something. Basketball. 
There, you have I'll the basics. You, in my county, when, when was it? I graduated middle school in 08. So it was probably about 09, 10 when they phased out sports because the it was either the economy or whatever. But I know in my county, because I live now in the county that I grew up in, and I've taught in the county that I've grew up in, that I see there's a huge difference. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah, I 100% agree. Because but. part of what I was going to bring up is yeah. at this point in time, you, you got young kids turning mm-hmm. into young adult males. Right. And a guy, a male needs challenges. They need an outlet. Need they, need an a outlet. Per, they need a challenges. They need purpose. Yeah. They need direction. Sports gives them that. 100%. Right? And whether it and, and, and it doesn't need to be secluded as a sport. Okay, what about other extra extracurriculars like art programs? Yeah. Do they have other so stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we they have clubs and stuff. And now they now some of most of the high schoolers have a middle school program, but it's not like so. I went to Jones Middle School. We had Jones Middle School Tigers. We were the football team. Now it's like there's Paulding County High School, and then there's Paulding County High School Middle School team. Does that make sense? So the school pride's not necessarily there. As much, huh? That well, uh, my first thought is that's stupid because kids need some type of athletic. They, they need an structure. exercise routine, exercise right. structure. No, I agree. I agree. And wow, I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded. I, I'm lost for words. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah, like and you I said, that's it, such a pivotal point oh, in a in a boy's you know coming to 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 being a man yeah. that. You have that structure, and sports mm-hmm. is great for structure. Mm-hmm. Sports is 100%, 100%. great for structure. And it, it and te- sports help teach personal responsibility as well as team responsibility. Yes. Well, it's a good way. And empathy, way for, to yeah, empathy for others. Empathy. Yeah. yeah, and it also keeps them out of trouble. As in, 100%. Into the, into the fact of you're not hanging out with – you may not be hanging out with the same group of people you hung out with in elementary school that – are kind of going into a different realm of right. let's just blow off school. Let's just, mm-hmm. you know, do this right. and that we have where we're bigger, we're more mature and I'm doing quotes mm-hmm. right now than we were right. in elementary school that we have more, we can uh, be more responsible. I'm doing that in quotes as well by as in yeah. let's, let's just go hang out and not do anything. You know, right. let's, let's get into drugs. Let's get Wait. into to, to mm-hmm. drinking at an early. I mean, that was that was stuff yeah. that was down in South oh, Georgia. Man. But I'll tell you what, guys, they were smoking dope and drinking when I was in middle school. Like you could smell weed in the hall sometimes. I swear, God, I lived in a small bubble. No, that's what, that's what I was saying. Like in, in yeah, down there. I mean, it was if you didn't do sports or anything, you were probably you were already trying some mm-hmm. some some alcohol, doing some. Some shady business of some sort, and well, I, I had people I hung out with in elementary school that started in that that that, that area, and I made sure because of how I was raised that I knew that was already wrong. Your and dad so, whoop your ass, dude. I don't even, <laughs> even want to think about that. I probably wouldn't be here today. To be I met honest. your dad a couple times, man, and he would whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be fun if, if I got caught no, doing any of that stuff. But not. I had to make a decision. Oh yeah, at, for sure. At in middle school, about am I going to stick with this this group of friends or my best friend at the time 
Am I sticking with them, taking these certain classes, doing this, or am I going to try to excel myself and whether that be sports, band, art, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Oh, and that's right. was a turning too. point for me, Boy Scouts, for that yeah, matter. I, I had scouts, to make a decision yeah. because I had so much extracurriculars going on. It's like, where do I need to narrow my mind to? And so that's that's another, you know, um, learning tool as well as how to kind of focus yourself. And it's funny that, that like – Dubs from South Georgia. I know there's middle school sports in South Georgia because when I was at Georgia Southern, I coached middle school football yeah. for the local middle school. And I coached high, uh, high school soccer for them. So it's just weird here that we got rid of it. Again, we're kind of brought it back with kind of like a, a rec league high school team, if you will. But it's definitely different because I remember, like you all said, I was, I was on the football team. Like I had an identity. I was hanging out with my friends. And we had those same people, Dubs, that you know, like, they weren't on the team or they got kicked off the team for doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just knew that was the road they were going down. And, yeah, I can't imagine. If I got caught doing any of that, I definitely wouldn't be here right now. I'd be running laps to, around the, uh, you know, the movie theater <laughs> again or whatever, you know, like. Well, and I, th- I think it's such a pivotal point, middle school uh, specifically. Yeah. Not, not high school, but middle school for young men because at that point you can consider them young men i'd agree to to look up to individuals whether that be a teacher upperclassman we had this program when i was in eighth grade that right before you went to high school it's like a i guess a mentorship program that you went to high school for a day and you were partnered up with someone i was partnered up with i remember his name sean mosley Dude was a beast on the football team. I, Sean, I, if you're I, listening, hi. <laughs> well, he, I, I'm pretty sure he played at UGA uh, mm-hmm. for a little bit as well. Like he's a beast, and so it was really cool to to see. He was a senior. I was an eighth grader to see that his perspective of touring me around the high school. This is what you can expect. You know, I think having yeah. programs like that for kids in middle school to see, hey, mm-hmm. this is the next step. It's not mm. what you see on TV where you're going to get bullied every single day of your life. Right. Unfortunately, that does happen. Oh, yeah. You know, but. Let's talk about the bullying aspect because this is where it is probably the most um, severe, I, I think. Because, yeah. um, I, I mean, high school can be bad, but I think in terms of even mob rule. Okay, I, yeah. I think I think bullying at this time um, causes a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. See, I was so, bullied go. all through all through elementary school, and it was really weird because definitely I think you get bullied a lot in middle school. I think that's where a lot of it happens. But I was bullied from kindergarten all the way to fifth grade, and then it was so weird. It went from like. I left fifth grade and I was being bullied. And then I showed up day one, sixth grade, and everybody all of a sudden was my friend. And I had no clue why. Maybe a big reason was I was like six inches taller, right? Or, or, you, know, you know, but but I definitely like, I remember like dreading going to middle school because, yeah, you expect to get bullied even more. And I was thinking, there's like twice as many people. I'm going to get picked on the whole day. I'm not going to love it. And literally, I showed up to homeroom. Everybody was like, what's up, man? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, we're cool now? You know? Like, I get to sit like by you guys ago, right three months ago you hated me now all of a sudden we're boys like that was that was confusing 
But definitely, there's a lot of bullying going on in middle school, for sure. I think we can assume that a bully, a bullier is projecting emotions and mixed emotions from their own life onto someone else. 100%. Okay. I also think the person being bullied is often too nervous to stand up in fear of repercussions from home. Yes. Or from school or from whatever, right? They don't want to be in trouble because traditionally the the good kids Hmm. get bullied and they don't want to get in trouble. And the bad kids do the bullying because of problems at home. So before we get into the, the responsibility of the kid, I think this is a good starting point for what is it like to – what is the responsibility of a father to a boy specifically in terms of not being a bully and how to combat bullying? Okay, what I was saying? Do I? Yeah. Uh, so – I think as a father, I'm going to let's assume Kai is much older here. It is my role to make sure he understands that bullying is not right. It's not something you do. And if I catch you bullying, I'm going to bully you like you have never seen before. And I'm going to make sure you understand why it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where that tough love and this is where I you can really start seeing differences in a father raising a boy versus a man raising a boy and the importance of having a father figure to that child, to that, to that kid. Agree. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think you're right. And I think it, it really comes down to either way. If you're in a bully or the person being bullied is you have to stand up for yourself and that can go for the bully. Cause obviously there's something that happened. Mm-hmm. In order for him to express that anger, that aggressiveness mm-hmm. on a on another kid, and I'm not saying you know it it does go back to a father and how they they treat their kid growing up, right? When we talked yeah. earlier about the the babies, if you will, or toddlers, you know how they raise them, teaching them uh, certain things. But as you get into the middle school. That's when you have to set the parameters and either A, if I, like you said, Kip, if I catch you bullying, it's going to be hell at home for you. Yeah. Like it's going to, it's going to, it's going to stop real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Now, if you are being bullied, yes, come to me. We'll figure out a solution. Now it's not always going to have to be, oh, talk to the teacher, then go to the principal, do this hierarchy thing like you would at a Mm. job. Bullshit. <laughs> it doesn't. It, to me, it doesn't yeah. work. I, I think it works in some aspects. If you have a great teacher, if you have yeah. a great administrative staff at that school, I think it would work. But I think it comes down to teaching your kid as a father in that age group or that age range mm-hmm. that you have to stand up for yourself and get them into into karate. And I'm not saying just to do the violence part, but to to, to, defend themselves. to defend themselves, you know, that way, use your words. Some people are really mm-hmm. effective with their words, mm-hmm. and that's all it takes. So I want to stay focused here for a second. If Okay, you're the father of the bullier, the someone who's okay. doing the bullying. Yeah. Yep. You have two options. One, you can ignore it 
and congratulate that kid and, oh, you're doing great, good for you, blah, blah, blah. Or you take the other road of who the hell do you think you are yeah. and let's take care of this, right? So One thing, too, I, I, there, there, there's a discipline aspect. But you, too, you got to understand, like, where is it coming from, right? Well, well, that that's where I'm getting at. So let's assume you, you the father that doesn't do anything. That's just poor look. So any guys out there, if you're going to be a dad – under keep if keep this in the back of your head. Don't be that father that congratulates the bully bullier. Understand that he's bullying for something you you probably did to that kid and you screwed that kid up and you're at fault for what's happening. And I think this needs to go further into the bro code aspect, where Christian, if you have a son and I see your son bullying and you acting like a fool, I need to stand up to you as well. One hundred percent. Right. I I think that needs to be in. The bro code, right? Well, that, that ties into toxic masculinity in a way of where you're checking your your your, your guy, your your friend that yeah. is a is a that if you're going that route, you know, you're calling right. them out saying, "Hey, check your kid, check yourself because this is not right." Right. Right. So now we know that's the bet. That's not the avenue you want to go down to. So now mm-hmm. your son comes to you. Telling you he's being bullied, and now you have two options. You can take the easy way, the, the not the easy way, the the professional way of like you said. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk to the teachers, talk to the schools. Dot 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 dot. That's path A. Path B is, well, I'm going to show you how to stop this bullying off right now. Okay, so going down path A, Christian as a teacher, what would you want to hear from a father like me if my kid was being bullied? If you come to me, and I've had, and I actually had this happen when I taught fifth grade. There was a bullying situation. And as a teacher, honestly, guys, I'm in charge of 20 plus students. So there's a lot of conversations, a lot of side eye things that I honestly, as a teacher, cannot catch. So immediately, parents. If your kid's getting bullied, don't assume the teacher's ignoring it. Assume they just don't know what's going on and bring it to their attention. Because that happened to me. Someone said, well, so-and-so's doing this to my child. Have you seen this? And I was blown away. Like, no, I haven't seen this. Because that was my main rule because I was bullied in elementary school. So, like, I had a zero bully policy. Like, we're not doing that. Like, if I catch it, you're immediately going to the principal. And it, there was no discussion. So when you come to me and you say, hey, Mr. Brown, someone's picking on Kai. My first thing is I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to look at Kai and be like, what's happening? Because as I, as I respect you as the parent, I want to hear from him because who's it happening to? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so I'd be like, Kai, what's happening in class? And then let's say, what's your example? Tell me your example. I, my example? I don't have an example. No. Well, let's let's say that Jimmy's over there pushing him down he's, the plate. Yeah, he's stealing my right. lunch money. Let's, let's go with the class lunch, Yeah, stealing my lunch money. My, my thing would be like, when is this happening? Right? I would start problem solving for Kai. Because obviously we don't want to fight kids' battles. But as teachers, if I can make sure that battle never happens, it's a lot better for him. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, so if Kai, if let, I always had my kids line up alphabetically, and let's say Jimmy's 
stands next to Kai, all right? And that's when he steals his money. Well, guess where Jimmy's going to be sitting? The back of the line. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that so that battle or that confrontation doesn't happen because we have something called classroom management as teachers, and it's our job to make sure every kid's focus on the actual lesson, not on each other. That's what recess is for. That's what I gave my kids small five minute breaks. That's when you can talk and interact. When, when I'm, I always said, when I'm talking, you're listening. So right out of the gate, what you're telling me is not going to work. Mm-hmm. I I don't see that working. Okay, Dubs. I want to know: Are you talking to the bully as well? One hundred percent in that situation. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And the thing is, I'm talking to the so, bullies. So parents, how, how so. do you conflict manage that? Conflict manage the students or yeah, the parents? The, 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 no, the situation because it's between the yeah. kids. It's not between the parents. If it's between right. the parents, that's a whole different issue. But yeah, we, oh, we which, don't need which to go I, there. I've, I've yeah. had that too. I've I'm had sure. that too. I'm, I'm sure. So. But if it's between the kids, and you've yeah. had this conversation with mm-hmm. kid A who's being bullied. Yeah. Yep. But then you have to have a separate conversation with kid B. Exactly. But then. Yeah. Are you bringing them in together? Because I feel like you yes. have to have a conversation with them at the same time yes. in order to make yes. to make your point across. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and you do that. And the thing is, you go to Kid B, who's, you go to the bully E, mm-hmm. and say, hey, man, I know this is happening. All right. We're going to do what we can to make sure this doesn't happen. Let me talk to Kid A, who's bullying you, and let me get to the bottom of this. Right? And then you go to Kid A and go, hey, man. What's going on here, right? What are we talking about? Do are you? And a lot of times, I'll just come out and say it. Did you steal so and so's money? And what are they going to say nine times no. out of ten? No. And then when I'm, and then immediately I say, okay, so I have facts that you stole his money. So where are we at now? Because I have multiple people telling me this has happened, and that's another thing you got to do. You got to talk to other people, talk to other. You know, kids who saw it, you got to pretty much be a detective, right? As you go through this process and you got to go to them and just be honest, like that's unacceptable and you have to reset the standard and then you bring them together, right? And you say, this will not happen again. If it does happen again, we're discuss- we're having a different discussion. Now, Kip, I 100% understand what you say. That's not going to work because on obviously that's going to probably rile up the bully, Right. That's probably like, again, I can't see everything. So what's to stop him from doing it again? Right. There's a lot of different things that go into that and it's not perfect. And I'm not going to sit and tell you that every teacher can stop a bully situation. That's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is what I can control is putting your kid in that situation. And I can control moving things around, moving people around me and most good teachers will do everything they can to remove that situation. But again, is it going to have a 100% success rate every time? No, because kids are mean, rude, and sneaky. Like, it's just the end <laughs> of it. Like, it's, I mean, and it's honest. And you see it from a young age. Again, I taught fifth grade. I saw it there. People being snarky, people being rude, talking bad about each other, even shoving each other. But it's my job as a professional I have to make sure that your kid is safe in every environment that I present him in. And that's my job. So I do that to the best of my ability, no matter what. That would be completely appropriate. And I think as a first step, 
I think that mm-hmm. that needs to happen. The conversation between the yep. kids need to happen. Mm-hmm. I still don't still don't think that will fix it because they're still like you said the kids are sneaking whatever. But let's let's assume right. right that's a good first step right. And let's say it fixes right. it. All things are good. Life moves on. We move on with our mm-hmm. day. Right. Scenario B is where that doesn't work. And right. The kid keeps bullying your kid. You know your kid keeps coming home. Right. Uh, Timmy's doing this. Timmy's doing that. Timmy. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. When is it appropriate for to tell your kid to act back? Well, well and let me tell you this: my parents Uh-oh. went through the, <laughs> went through the, went through the channels. Okay, so I would tell the teacher when I was bullied. I would even tell the principal. I tell anybody that heard. And the thing is, it's very hard to stop kids from talking. I I was only physically bullied a handful of times. But every day I was verbally bullied, if that makes sense. So it's hard to present evidence as a child that so-and-so said something. Because, again, nine times out of ten, what's so-and-so going to say? I didn't no. say that, yeah. Right? And that's a diff- and that's what I went through. And it was very difficult for me to have somebody that would be on my side. Now, of course, my parents were on my side, but what could they do? There's not a whole lot you could do for, at work. But what you said – Kip is what if it doesn't work, right? What if Timmy's still still in the you know lunch money for my kid or talking ill or what have you? At what point can I tell my kid to react? I think first and foremost, if your kid feels like their safety is in trouble, then that that is a perfectly fine reaction. Now, as an educator, I will never tell your kid to harm another kid. That is not my place. I'm not I'm asking you as an parent. educator though. Right, I'm not asking but you as I an educator because I know he, you've he's got. He's asking you as a you you you, you uh, have you have rules and policies and a code of conduct right. and a teacher's manual that you have to follow. Right, right. I'm not asking you as a teacher. Okay, uh, honest to God, if at, at some point if your back's against the wall, punch the damn kid in the face. Like my my thing is. If you're going to be a bully, if you can give it, you better be able to take it. Does that make sense? Of course, mostly they can. Right. And most of the time they can't at all. Now, again, I think physical violence should always be a last resort. Telling everybody and they're not going to listen. But if your back's against the wall and let's say – so me, I I went through a situation in fourth grade where this kid kept bullying me and finally I threatened to kill him. I was like, we're in line. And this kid goes – and he just kept shoving me in line and he kept telling me. And I was like, hey, man, you do that again, I'm just going to kill you right here in the hallway. Now, obviously, I was a kid and I didn't know that was a threat or anything. I was just really pissed and that was the first thing I said. Well, I think that's, you know, Kip talked about path A, path B. Right. But I think, to me, I wrote down, there's a path C. And path C mm-hmm. is taking things into your own hands without communicating with anybody. And I yeah. think that is a huge thing. And like you just said, you threatened someone to kill them. And I think it, you said fourth grade. I think you knew <laughs> yeah. what that was subconsciously. That, yeah. Subconsciously, I mean, yeah. Me telling someone I'm going to kill them means I'm going to end their mouth. life. Well, I, right. I, I understand right. that. But you know, you saying that you you know you were saying that you didn't, I didn't understand what I was saying. I I think subconsciously you did, but probably yeah. But you know, I understand the situation. It's you're saying what you need to say to get out of that situation. But right. when I wrote down, kids, you know, they're 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 going to take care of things themselves. Is that something mm-hmm. you want to happen? 
And I think my answer to that is if you have raised your kid, I don't want to necessarily say the right way because there's so many different ways that you can raise your kid and they then they turn out to be a decent human being, which is all right. our goals, right? For any kid, be a decent human. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Just be a decent human. You can have different views, whatever. Just be decent. You don't want your kid taking things upon themselves mm-hmm. to correct an action that's happening against them without you giving them the knowledge beforehand. I feel like it's my job as a parent right now to teach my oldest kid. She's in kindergarten, right? Public school. Mm-hmm. First yeah. time ever. If someone messes with you, it's my job to tell them how to react to that, to let them know right. before they agree. go. And before that situation mm-hmm. happens, because I don't want her mm-hmm. to say, Hey, I'm just going to take daddy's gun and go, right. go click, right. clack, yeah. mofo, you're done. <laughs> you know, right. obviously that's, right. that's way extreme, but yeah. I don't want that situation. And, and I've, well, I've, I've, I've talked with Henley about that. And what? this was actually back when she was a little bit younger, she got bit at school. Okay. That happens amongst yeah. toddlers, things like <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to tell her, Hey, go bite that little kid back. <laughs> right. Like, right. no, you go tell the teacher that's, that's the appropriate statement for that mm-hmm. age. Group. Exactly. Now when they get to elementary, like if they get to fifth grade, they get to middle school. I want to tell them if they, if you get pushed, you better push them back and they better be on the ground. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. not care. Like uh, that's how my dad I do, and yeah. Lucy and Lucy's going to mm-hmm. say the exact opposite that I should not teach her that, but I am yeah, going yeah. to tell her that I I don't want her to have to feel that when she goes to school she should have to worry about someone messing with her. Mm-hmm. She should know right. in the back of her head yeah. that hey, if someone does this to me, my dad's got my back. Oh, yeah. that, that's the key that I was going to bring up. If that you give if you give that empowerment to your kid of saying. Here are different situations. Here are different act reactions you can have. Whatever you choose, I will have your back. And if you go back on that kid when they oh, start, when they yeah. punch him, you failed. You failed big 100%. time because that kid's going to yep. be defeated. That right? trust, that trust has to be there. Even if you, you know your kid's wrong and he shouldn't have done it, you you have to back them if you right, said you're right. You back. can have that conversation. Hey, you should have let the kid. You should have done this. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But if that's not, if my son gets suspended, and he did what I thought he should have done, I'm taking the day off of work and we're going to a ball game, right? right. I'm going to make it right. an experience like like you're not in trouble for doing what you did right. The school's got to suspend you because they got the school rules and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But you acted accordingly. You stood up for yeah. yourself. Good for you. Because you, you weren't you, you, you weren't being right. the toxic male. The toxic male was the bullier coming exactly. at you, trying to exert their dominance, trying to you know their, their emotions. You tried staying calm, cool, collected, and you acted responsibly to protect yourself. Well, mm-hmm. and I believe that needs to be celebrated, and not celebrating the fact that hey, I use violence to solve an issue, mm-hmm. or it, you could be using your head. Maybe they yeah. talked their way out of it. Maybe they did something mm-hmm. in a way they right. got that person in trouble. In a way mm-hmm. that they were able to get out of the situation and it fixed the situation, you know, forever. Yeah, um, maybe you pranked think, them. Maybe it did. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah something, you know, <laughs> embarrassed them some way or another. Embarrassed, uh, yeah. And I think that needs to be celebrated because then you're 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 reaffirming what you've already told your kid. Exactly. That hey, listen to me. I have your back a hundred percent of the time because that's what it all boils down to. It doesn't yeah. matter what age you are, is that your parents should have your back no matter what. 
Exactly. No matter what. And you you might be you, you might be in trouble behind closed doors, but the public yeah. perception. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah 100%. Right. And your kid and kids need discipline and reaffirmation. That's the big thing. And especially in these situations, if we're in middle school, walk in the halls, toxic masculine male comes in, shows me into a locker, you better shove him back. It's not a discussion. You're not going to be punked in front of everybody. Now, is that kind of an ego thing? Maybe, but at the same point, you've got to make sure that your kid has their back and you've got to have your kids back. Now, and you can't go back on that. Now, I, I do have one little thing about that. Say your kid does push back, they whatever, they, they fight back. Right. We'll just say, for instance, they fight back. And then they get demolished. Right. Okay, because that right. that can that can that be happens. an outcome. Definitely, it definitely that happens. Can, yeah, yeah. So how do you handle that situation? Because what you told them before is that hey, stand up for yourself, fight back. But then they get pummeled and they come home like, I can't believe you told me to do that. I should have just went to the teacher. Yeah. I wouldn't be in this physical pain that I'm in. That's when you just throw like some you, right you throw them some dumbbells and say, buddy, let's get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, that's a funny response, but I don't think that's the appropriate response. No, no, it's not. It's not I think, appropriate. I think at that point, you—that's when you got to have the true heart-to-heart conversation with the kid, mm-hmm. and right. you got to say, "Well, why'd you fight back? Why'd you do this? This, that, the other." And he's like, "All right, well, what are you going to do different next time?" Right? Yeah. Do you want to get into lifting weights? Do you want to get into this? You know, right. to help reaffirm that okay, your decision was still valid. It was a valid, decision. but your outcome but was you, not what you wanted. So, how, how do, do we fix the so that better? the outcome is? Mm-hmm change right there you go. yeah there you go the other aspect to that i think as a father onto a ch- into a, a young man you got to teach them to stand up for their friends too yes and stand up for their group because nothing Ooh. worse than the group than the group than the group pushing away from the solo right yeah. and, and what i think of you guys watch the christmas story on TBS, yeah. okay, they got the three. They got the one bullier going after the yeah. three kids, and it finally took. Was it Charlie? Is it Charlie? I think it is. I'm not Mikey. Sure. Uh, is it Mikey? No, it's not Mikey. Yeah. But whatever. Where he finally pummeled the kid, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the three against the two is, is uh, three against one is a much better argument. So you got to teach your kid to stand up for friends and stand up for others and have their backs as well. Well, I'll tell you this right now. Fifth grade, I had two friends, Devin Dorsey, Tyler Robertson. Shout out. They were my two amigos, and they were my best friends, and they would stand up for me. And Devin was like – Devin looked like a middle school linebacker almost in fifth grade. Dude was huge, right? And he had my back, and Tyler was right there with him. And honestly, fifth grade would have been a lot more difficult in pretty much all elementary school. Would have been a lot harder without those two guys. So definitely have to make sure that, you know, get a friend group and, you know, I would have backed them up the same way they backed me up. I I think that plays into if you have a circle of friends, a group of friends, especially Mm -hmm. in middle school, that you start seeing some kind of toxic masculinity within your friendship, within your friend group, as in Mm -hmm. you start seeing them pick on someone. Mm-hmm. It's your job, and I say this as a man because you're not really a man in middle school, but we're just right. going to say that. Right. It's your as job a as a man, man, as a young man, to say something right then. And that's that That goes back to, to parenting. 
Yep. You have to teach your kids if you see it, something that's wrong, say something. It, it doesn't matter a, who's it, doing it. It's another class right. example. Like let, let's say the three of us we go out to a bar, right? Chris just starts running his mouth at the table next to us. Right? I like how it's always me, yeah. but yeah, right. he well, would. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, this is where this is where the broco comes in. Me and Dubs mm-hmm. are going to tell him, dude, shut up. You're going to get your butt kicked. It's you're, yep. you're being an ass. You're being stupid. Yep. But at the same time, we're like. If you throw a punch, we're going to jump on that pile with you. Exactly. Right? That's exactly, exactly how it true. works. And, yeah. and, and a lot of girls don't understand. It's like, well, no, it's bro code. He was wrong, but you still got to do it. You still oh, got to yeah, jump. Yeah. Even though, so now we're wrong. He's an idiot for right. doing it. You're like, bro, I got to fight with you. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we might have a busted beer bottle on our head, but we, you know what? <sighs> we're drinking again. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> so. No, but well, it, it definitely comes down. And, and at that age, it's so pivotal. To have those conversations with your boys, I mm-hmm. think, because I know my dad yep. had conversations with me about if you mm-hmm. see something, whether Say you something. know this person, whether they're the quote unquote, like Kit likes to say, losers and, and all of that, yeah, they're uh, not your friend group, and you see something wrong is happening to them, say something. That makes yeah. you a better person, a better man. Yeah, you will learn friend. from that and be a better, and be, be a better individual mm-hmm. as you grow up. Right. So I know we're talking, man, but I want to throw this interjection in here, does before we, we wrap this section up. How do you, we're talking like how a man raises a man, you know, with yeah. a boy? Can that same teaching be applied to Lucy and Henley? If Henley starts being this, you know, a stuck up brat and being a problem with another girl, do you think it's your job to step in or should Lucy step in, girl to girl well, versus? I mean, Lucy's not just a parent of my kid, right? She right. doesn't take that. She doesn't take that role as the only one raising her. So it's mm-hmm. it's a combo, and that well, that goes I, into I, the whole I, gender no, role I, thing too. If I, you no, I, I, under, that, I understand that, but the mean girl aspect sure. I think needs to be dismantled from another mean girl. So I think that's where mom needs to come in and say, just as like. If you're being bullied, I'm going to bully you. If you're going to be a mean girl, I'm going to be a mean girl back to you, right? I don't think I, I don't. I understand the partnership role and yeah, co-parenting, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I think that's where you got to have where you would have Lucy step and say, "I'll I show you what I, I mean." Yeah, I, and I think I think you're right. I think it it would be more fitting for her right. it, it, it for might that be. situation to happen um, for her to step in and say, "Hey, you know, WD, I got this. Yeah. I will." I will make sure this doesn't happen. And and obviously, you know, I would expect her to, like you said, co-parent to talk to me about it yeah. and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, are you cool right. with that? Whatever that may be. Um, but definitely with us having girls yeah. and a mean girl situation mm-hmm. happens, right. I, I think, yeah, Lucy would be more fitting to that now. Well, I laid the hammer oh. down too. Oh yeah, well I know I understand that you know, or even like like your sister, if your sister would throw it in that role too, right? Just as you need father figures, you need mother figures as well, and I think yeah. mm-hmm. I'd be interested if that if that ever came up, like how would that how that would work. So we we spent a lot of time more on bullying. I didn't think we were going to talk about bullying, but I think it's a good good concept here. To wrap it up in terms of the adolescent years, you know, the middle school and grade school, uh, middle school and high school. As a father, as you're raising a boy, you got to love your kid and you got to show that you love your kid. You got to support them. You got to give them the tools of both knowledge and education and physical abilities 
to allow them to express themselves and to grow into a more mature person. Right. As a child, I think your main job is just to try and figure yourself out. Yep. Find what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Find a good peer group. Find a good social setting. Getting ready into the fascinating world of dating and girls yeah. in relationships, and which too, is so much and fun. And that's a good segue. And we'll get into that here. Uh, later on but i think your job as a father during this time is to show your kids love and how to love and what appropriate love looks like because i think you have to care for somebody not for what they can do for you but what you can do for them um and i think there's a lot of that there's different types of love out there and i think if you give a genuine love to your child and show them what it means to serve and to help and grow that love will be shown, and that's how they would show love as well. But yeah. again, I, th- I think to show love is a great thing for them. And we'll get into that more about uh, dating later Clo- on. Closing thoughts, Doug? Yeah, to me, it, it just boils down to teaching your, your boy, since we're talking about men specifically, mm-hmm. teaching yep. your boy to be a good person. Good person, yeah. 100%. And that's, that starts from... Being a kid, all the way up through middle school, high school, even to adult, we're, we're all learning every day, mm-hmm. right? It's different exactly. situations arise. So. Exactly. Well, to the audience, we're going to take a short little break here, and then we're going to start up, and we're going to venture into the wonderful world of girls and dating, and it's going to be fun. He's a player, baby! <laughs> we'll be right back. Just hang on tight, everybody. Everybody.